Welcome to a very special edition of Keeping Up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> As you can see, we found budget for our own jingle. Darling, talk to me about this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, we taught at the school uh, on inner healing. It was amazing. Not just, <laughs> that sounded horrible. We were amazing. We were amazing. <laughs> we taught on humility and we're so <laughs> proud of our humility. <laughs> No, I just mean like the testimonies and stuff and the way the students are totally going for it was amazing. You know, the wisest man in the world in scripture said this, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. That's what I love about this week that we just taught. It's all about guarding your heart and tending your heart and making sure there's no yuckies in the midst of your heart. That's the technical term. Yeah, I just love the way our students go for it. It's not an easy week to go through where we're like, okay, you know all the stuff that you've just been uh, building your life around hiding? Well, let's bring them, let's bring that to the surface and let Jesus heal it. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. Jesus didn't come so we could manage our sin and our hurts and our disappointment really well. He came to heal our brokenness, which is amazing. Yeah, and free us from it. Yeah, oh, so that was fun. Nothing quite like doing... Mass deliverance, is there? No. But it was very fun. It was very fun. Yeah, love it. Um, How are you enjoying your new iPhone, by the way? I love it. What do you love about it? I like that the screen is bigger. It's lighter than my 5S. It's not, actually. It feels lighter. It does. It's a very clever trick. They've made it by volume thinner. So it feels lighter, but it isn't on a scale. But I get what you mean. Huh. It, it does feel lighter in the hand. Bizarre. Mine is still a monster. It is enormous. That will it's, eat anything. It's like half the size of my iPad mini. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been using the 6 Plus for a week now, almost a week. I went back to our old 5Ss to uh, wipe them, to sell them. And when I picked them up, I was like, oh, this phone is so cute. It's so tiny. It's so miniature. Yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. But you, you're liking it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I really am. It's nice to be able to actually have a battery that lasts all, all day. day. Yeah, and I use my phone a lot, so to come home and still have my phone um, up and running is is really really nice. I like Instagram on it on the big screens. See, my problem with Instagram is love. It hasn't been updated yet. I so all what you're your seeing, problem is with Instagram. I'm saying I like Instagram. It's but bigger. what you're looking at is you're looking at. The same resolution as on your 5S, blown up horribly to a larger screen size. You do understand that, right? So well, it's. Well, not... I still like it. Okay. Well, each... and my and my Throw tapped on. out game. Yeah. I have m- more space. I'm gonna get you an Android next year. <laughs> no, you're an not Android. Android quarantine. We can't be on the equally yoke. <laughs> Baby, I love that you've just picked up all my biases. <laughs> You know, basically, I was responsible for salvation because when we started dating, you had a Dell. Yeah, that's because I didn't. Well, a, I didn't know any better. It was complete ignorance. That's right. I was and your savior. I couldn't afford anything else because <laughs> Dells were cheap for a good reason. <laughs> anyway, there goes our Dell sponsorship. <laughs> oh darn! Um, we're coming to the end of our whole thirty experiment. We are. And what did you say today? I said that thanks to Whole30, I poop like a newborn. <laughs> no, but what did you say after that? Well, I actually thought, I today has been the first day, and it's been 25 days of doing this thing, where I've actually thought, I feel better. Prior to today, I don't think I could have told a difference. That just tells you how much detoxing your body had to do. Three and a half weeks in, your body's finally feeling better. But what I did think, the counterbalance to that was, even though I am feeling better, I'm aware that I still have sugar cravings, which is crazy, given I haven't had any sugar in my system for 25 days. Mm -hmm. So I I did this fleeting thought went through my head of going, I wonder what it would be like to do this for another month. Like, I wonder what changes I would see in another month. Yeah. Because I have way more energy. Example, like normally, now I noticed as I got older, my ability to stay up late and not pay a penalty for that rapidly diminished. Yeah. To the point where if I have a night where I go to bed after midnight, I'm as grumpy as sin the next morning. Yes, and I can confirm. it takes me a couple of days to recover. <laughs> yes. But on hole 30, usually I get a second wind about, I don't know, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and I can stay up and work and 
be creative and you know cognitively aware and you know several nights in the last couple of weeks I've not been going to bed until about 12 30 1 a.m sometime later and I haven't noticed a difference I haven't slowed down in the morning I'm not groggy I'm not grumpy so I'm thinking oh that's that's really it's, that's a really interesting effect I've noticed yeah I would say I don't have brain fog you know the whole thing of when you're trying to recall stuff right but you also said you haven't been in pain this month. No, I haven't. Yeah, for like after about day five or day six, because I have consistent back pain, I think just from all the damage that I did to my spine from some accidents and stuff. And um, so I pretty much always at like a three or four for pain level. Um, and then I have days where I get much higher than that. And I haven't since about day five had any back pain at all and um i'm adjusting a lot better like our chiropractor is finding it easier to adjust me so they go whole 30 a bunch i was gonna say a bunch of our friends no two of our friends to my knowledge have been doing whole 30 no, have, yeah there's no there's more like eight. Oh, we have eight friends that's there, awesome we i know right hmm. <laughs> well yeah we're we're we were having a whole 30 support group meeting tonight for uh friends of ours who've started it too you know, if you can get past the first 24 days, it's almost a walk in the park. <laughs> hey, what did you see on Facebook that was very cool today? Oh, um, Laura Woodley is doing a Kickstarter for what looks like it's going to be a children's uh, soaking CD. Um, if you're not familiar with Laura Woodley. Laura, Laura Woodley, Woodley Osmond. Yeah, she's just a gift from heaven, really. Mm-hmm. She released an album a number of years ago called Home, which pretty much by and large was the de facto soaking CD for so many years in Toronto. And she's just this amazing, amazing person who loves Jesus. And she's, and I say this as a compliment, not as an insult. She's the most right brain person I think I've ever met. And I know a lot of right brainers mm-hmm. in that she's just so caught up in love for Jesus and affection for his presence that at times you're like, are you, are you real? I remember we were having lunch with her once and we were, we were like, okay, we've all made our mind up and she's, and we look at her and and we're like, what? She's like, I'm just asking Jesus what to eat. And now normally that would sound corny and sappy, but it's completely authentic and genuine Mm -hmm. with Laura. And so anyway, if you've never heard her music, go head over to iTunes, just to search for her and listen to some of her stuff. Just incredible. So yeah, the amazing. thought that she's putting together a soaking CD for kids is amazing. and uh, I would love to have a soaking CD of hers to play over our kids. Right, which is why we joined her Kickstarter campaign. And we sure did. Yeah, so we'd encourage you to do that too. Um, this is a very special episode of Keeping Up With The Joneses because we're actually only keeping up with the Jones because you're away this weekend. Yes, I am. Apparently <laughs> on the road doing jingles. Where are you going this weekend? St. Louis. And you're taking a team of six people. Some awesome women. Yes. Amazing. And so you're just going to go, are you doing inner healing or prophetic or everything? We're doing sort of a big mod podge of everything, but yeah, we'll be um, prophesying over, we're doing a prophetic presbytery, like an actual one, but then we'll be prophesying over them at the services and that kind of stuff. So you're away and I'm looking after the kids for three days. So yeah, super dadding it. It's going to be awesome. They're all going to get haircuts. No. I'm going to give them piercings. No. And I wore a way to do your own henna tattoo just using <laughs> Sharpie. You just like dissolve a Sharpie in some apple cider vinegar. You just get a syringe. Wow, you can use apple cider vinegar for it's everything. It's going to be awesome. I just hope my spelling is up to scratch. <laughs> First of all, if you henna pierce or cut their hair, I will end you. I will find a taser and it will not go well for you. <laughs> Okay, what if I get somebody else to do it? Just somebody I nope. found on Craigslist. <laughs> just somebody you find. Okay, here's my most precious possession. <laughs> Hand them back to me when you're done. Um, no fast food. What is this I, fast food you speak of? Uh-huh. You want me to name all the it's restaurants you're not allowed days. to go to? Well, you can't eat there, but I just don't want you to like going to Culver's and feeding them junk which is what happened the last time I went away for a weekend. Mommy, we ate, we ate at the Blue Place, then we ate at Chick-fil-A, then we ate at... Well, I'm, I'm like, going to teach them better. I taught them 
that the answer to any questions that mommy asked was, I can't quite remember because I didn't want them to lie. So I just said, if mommy asks you any questions, just say, mm, I can't quite remember. But then Tia said, I can't, daddy said to say, I can't quite remember, but I can remember mommy. <laughs> All right, well. You're not going to get them to lie to me. <laughs> Any other top tips? Um, uh, MJ is quite fascinated with grass right now, so you could probably run around outside with him in the grass. And sure, that will happen. happen. <laughs> yeah. I'll just put on pictures of grass on our TV, and then we can stay inside in air conditioning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We need to pray for healing for you for the outdoors thing. Any other top tips? Um. It's not like I've been with them at every stage yeah. of the development. Well, here's the thing, Jones. Almost every single day when I say something like, hey, could you make the bottle? Or, hey, could you whatever? And he's, he's like, and you say, you didn't ask me to. Or I didn't know that had to happen. But it's been happening every day for two years at yeah, the same exact my, time. When you go away. What I'm saying is there's a I, lot of stuff that I do that you're probably not paying attention to. There's a part of my brain that kicks in, though. When mm-hmm. you go away and I just manage it. Okay. You watch. I'll send you pictures and everything will be fine. I think last time I went away, I called and it was like 9.30 in the morning and you hadn't fed them breakfast yet and MJ was like melting down. Yeah, well, I made out with a milkshake later. Oh, gosh. I just blended a Mars bar. Oh, Father. <laughs> I'm going to pray over the little tummies <laughs> before I go tomorrow. All right. Well, okay. thanks for your care and concern. Thank you. Be totally fine. Uh-huh. Tia did ask if I could teach her how to FaceTime in case she needed me for something. <laughs> well, I was thinking we'll Face Paint and then we'll FaceTime. It would be like a surprise. <laughs> okay. Well, I would okay. thought that we'd do a theme for the weekend and it's going to be pirates. So, Oh, wow. It. That sounds fantastic. So while you're away, yeah. I'm going to record a proper, proper podcast with none other than the very mighty Jeff Dollar. Jeff Dollar. <laughs> it's true well we only have two microphones so i have to go away for us to have a guest person (laughs) (laughs) well listen you have a fun weekend baby thanks and um we'll see you back i'm gonna sleep in every morning till eight okay jesus i'm praying right now for the spirit (laughs) of alertness at 7 a.m that is unkind bye-bye bye jeff dollar how are you I'm doing great. You're looking, Alan Jones. You're looking resplendent. Thank you so much. You look like a radio professional. Well, you know, that was one of my... It wasn't. It was never one of my desires to be on radio, ever. Has anyone ever told you you got a great face for radio? You know, uh, <laughs> I've, yeah, I take after my dad uh, on his side of family. Uh, yeah, they, they look great on radio. Um, my <laughs> wife is out of town, so... Woohoo! I know it's just party central. It is. It's like a frat house. <laughs> Kids running around. Totally. <laughs> um, where's Becky? What's Becky doing? Uh, Becky is. Where is she? She's out with somebody today. Doing a coffee. Doing doing a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of our listeners, you've never met Jeff and Becky Dollar. You, you your life is not complete yet. <laughs> Jeff and Becky are senior pastors at Grace Center. They're the leaders of our church. They're dear friends of AJ and I, and um, we've known each other for five plus years, maybe six years. Wow. Probably a little longer than that, but wow. we've certainly been working here. Wow. And how would you describe Becky for those people who've never met Becky? Um, she is the personification of joy. Uh, that, she really that, that's is. That's kind of it, with blonde hair. She yeah, really is. That's it. I've, um, I think I've really met anybody like Becky. Mm-mm. I've never met anybody. She's like the energizer bunny of... Joy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen her wind down. Mm-hmm. The behind doors, does she cuss like a sailor and full oh, stuff? She's horrific. <laughs> horrific. I'll tell you, we, she curses, she <laughs> swears. She, no, but seriously, does she have bad days or is she just constantly like she is? She probably has bad days and all of them involve me. So <laughs> if you pull me out of the picture, Becky has is great. But her bad uh, day probably looks like one of my good days. Oh, in totally. terms of her oh, level yeah. of self control. Oh, yeah. I mean, she she's as buoyant as a beach ball. So you, if you can hold it, however long you can hold a ball underwater, as soon as you let go, she's back on top. Just boom, bouncy, joyous, 
And she was like that when you met her? Laughing like that when I met her. Mm-hmm. And what do, you, what do you give credit for that, methamphetamine? One of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I never did meth, but uh, yeah, something. There's something in she. I think she sips Benadryl or something. But no, I, I she's I, just constantly joyful. Though. Constantly joyful. I think it's a lot of it is for her. See, I never knew her before, but she had a horrific life. Really horrific, horrific. So, just to see how far down she was probably pulled emotionally, just from all of the. Things that happened that and were circumstances of circumstances, life. yeah, just a lot of, lot of loss, and uh, so when the Holy Spirit, when she was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it just shot her that 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 far in the positive. If I, I guess that's just uh, do yeah. I find it interesting introducing people that I've known for a long time to Becky, and. And watching them kind of like tilt their head, trying to comprehend if she's real, which of course she is. I mean that in the most endearing yeah. of senses. I mean, yeah. she's so kind and so thoughtful and so genuine and so interested. I don't know how I don't know how better to describe her than that. Like when she looks at you, it's her eyes mm-hmm. are fixed on you. You are the most important thing in the world, mm-hmm. and I think that's uncommon. And so I don't know if people know what to do with that until they see it repetitively and go, oh, yeah, you're consistently like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like she's read about you or heard about you, or and so she is so excited to meet you, mm-hmm. even though she does that to everyone. That's a very that, good that's, way. That, that would be what it's like. She's and she like, does it every time, and every time she sees you. You know how you, you meet someone, and after the third or fourth time, you're kind of, oh, hey, Alan, how are you? Right. She's still on that first time, um meet like right. oh i'm so glad to see or you've been gone for who know, two years or three years and she can't wait for you to get back and that that's what it's like and so people they don't know where to put that right and she's genuinely or if she's never met you before she will still it's like she's been waiting to meet you all of your life right she'll totally pursue you in that mm-hmm. it's you know it's funny if we're in a meeting and we're waiting to get started she's got no concept Again, this is a good thing. This sounds like it's a negative, and it yeah. really isn't. But she'll have no concept that, oh, there are quote-unquote more important things to do than individually greet every person, give them a genuine hug and a genuine smile. It's incredible. Like mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I think she's just phenomenal like that. We've had more people join the church because of Becky. And I'm, I'm like, what? What, you, what do you mean? She says, well, my wife saw Becky at Kroger and Becky made the uh, made a point to come around to the next aisle, meet her in the next aisle, and hugged my wife. And my wife said, "Oh my word, who is this lady?" Right. Talk. Um, tell me what they said about her when you went to Romania last year. <laughs> they uh, bless their hearts. You know, they're all really they're they're from a communist regime and a communist influence. So it's really oppressive, and so they're. We love these people. They're so blunt and truthful. And so they, the the wife of uh, this one couple that we went over there to minister to uh, said, Oh, Jeff, we love Becky. She's so kind. She's so sweet. We like her better than you. <laughs> I just laughed, but I, I totally understand. But I think she meant it. I really do. She's right. Like, I'm not in the running. I'm no, so sorry. Not at all. How can you compete? They had never seen a person like her, full of life and light, and it's authentic. And so, the, especially the women. Well, no, everyone was just so attracted to Becky. It's like a walk. She's like a walking light, mm-hmm. you know, that just walks around. So it was amazing. Talk to me about how you. I mean, I know, but tell us how you got saved. Um, we grew up in the Nazarene Church. My parents were Nazarene. My grandparents were Nazarene. My great grandmother was Nazarene. So, like, what is that? Fourth generation Nazarene, right? <clears throat> Nazarenes believe a uh, real huge emphasis on holiness. Right. And so, which I, I really appreciate that heritage and uh, that, that upbringing. Um, uh, eight years old, I was at a vacation Bible school and I got saved just as genuine and authentic as anything. I was, uh, I think the pastor had us around the altar and was talking to us. And all of a sudden conviction comes over me and I began to cry. I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying. Wow. And he just leads me in the prayer. And afterwards, 
you know, felt really clean, really like something had just happened. Like I'd just gotten taken a shower on the inside or something. I don't know. It was really, it was great. And then I was baptized when I was nine, water baptized when I was nine. Same thing happened. Right. Um, so, yeah. And then you, but then you, so you're nine years old, you grow up, you're in your teenage years. What caused you to walk away from church? Um, <clears throat> I think it was, it was a, a few things, but one in particular was I, when I was a sophomore in college, I had a real encounter with the Lord. So I was in the Word reading, and I was so hungry for what I was reading about, which was basically, I didn't know it, the signs, the wonders, the healings, the the evidences, and there was no room for that in the Nazarene church. They didn't, they believed in it, but they 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 would just say if it's God's will, right? So apparently, by deduction, it was never God's will, which is a fascinating line of reasoning. It totally is. Yeah, it's you can outsource so much stuff to not happening as it being God's will. Yeah, and conversely, attribute so much evil to it being God's will. To being God's will, totally. And you're just like, what? we wouldn't attribute nearly any of that stuff to an earthly father. So, nope. I don't know why we feel okay know. attributing mm-hmm. it to a heavenly father. So. You're seeing stuff in the Bible that you're not seeing in your life, and what does that cause your heart to? Uh, just, you know, I would search for it. So I, would, I didn't know any better. I would ask the leaders of the church, hey, where is this? And they would say, well, if it's God's will. And at the same time when they said that, there was such a, uh, my heart began, began to get sick. You know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Right. So I just thought, good grief, it was for then, it's not for now. And so I kind of got bored and it wasn't fun. And so I took a hard left and got into the drug scene and the party scene and all that sort of stuff for- For how long? Probably five years. Gosh. Mm -hmm. And it was miserable. I was absolutely, I mean, I'd had fun, but I was miserable. And the Lord would speak to me in the bars and, you know, just, I had some really funny- uh, I say funny, interesting encounters with the Lord while I was really straight away from him. I mean, I had gone so far. I didn't kill anybody, but nor did I do heroin. But <laughs> anything in between there, I did. So, <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, he would talk to me and he would, uh, yeah. And um, so I was really miserable. And I told the Lord, one day I was uh, I was on vacation and uh, uh I couldn't. I worked every Sunday from eight in the morning until ten at night. That was right. our longest day. So there's no place for me to go to church. And the only quote unquote church that I knew was the Nazarene church. And so right. I knew I was lost. I knew I was. And so I was on vacation and I was at home. And for whatever reason, I turned on the religious station on television on cable. And I'm not going to tell you who it was, but some. This evangelist was on television. He was saying all this stuff. And I got so angry at what he was saying because I knew it was just bull. Right. And um, I was like, ah, I was really angry. And all of a sudden, I feel this presence really close to me. And this internal audible voice is, Jeff? I said, yeah. He says, I need some help. I knew exactly it was the Lord. I said, all right. I said, well, Lord, I, I'm, I'm on vacation. I can only go to church this Sunday. He says, just show up. I said, okay, I'll do it. And whew, he was gone. So I completely forgot about it. That was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Saturday night, I was up, stayed out late, got home at five in the morning. Totally forgot about what he said about going to church. So I slept till five that night. Um, Woke up, you know, and try to call my party friends, and nobody wanted to come over, which was really odd. Right. At least somebody or one person would come over. There's about five of us that ran together, and no one wanted to. Well, about that time, uh, the Lord, that that voice again went, I don't know how to describe it, really close in audible, internal audible voice said, hey, I thought you said you are going to church. I said, oh, you're right, I did. So I go to church. Get ready, go to church, walk in. They haven't seen me in five years. My hair's, you know, down to my shoulders, and you know, the people's eyes were as big as saucers. And so I walked in and they said, What are you doing here? So, well, I just thought I would come tonight. And and um so in our church, we had one night a year where uh they 
took time to kind of update everybody on the missions part of the church. Right. And usually our missions trips were going to some place and painting or, you know, uh, construction work or whatever. But it was the one service that if you wanted to skip, this would be the one to skip. Right. And so I'm thinking, oh, dear God, I have missed it. Because I knew there wasn't going to be a message. I knew there wasn't going to be an altar call, and there wasn't. And I was prepared to go through all of this. Really? I was ready. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, because I told the Lord, if I come back, I don't want to fall back again. So he wow. says, just show up. So I am sick. They're up there showing slides about, you know, here's Yugambi, our interpreter, and here's the beach, and here's, you know. I'm like, oh, dear God. So afterwards, uh, some friends of mine that were still in the church, and I went out to eat, and when they brought me back, I began to cry. And I told them, I said, whatever you do, do not ever leave the church. Well, they didn't know what to say. They were Their eyes were as big as saucers then. And so I get out, shut the door, get in my car, drive home, realizing I've got another year before this is going to be able to happen again because I work every Sunday. So I'm crying on the way home. I feel sick. And Wow. Uh, get home and try to flip, turn back on the religious station. That that was that point. That was the place where God met me. Even though it was, I thought it was negative. He met me right there. Right. So you're trying to recreate that. Trying to recreate it. Couldn't do it. Sick. My stomach felt sick. And then about that time, I got a knock at the door. Thankfully, one of the guys that I'd gone out to eat with followed me home and said, "Jeff, I think you're. This is conviction. I think the Lord is is moving on your heart." So after about an hour or so, they were trying to talk me into it. I wanted to make sure I got it. I wanted to make sure, you know, it was legit. And once I prayed a repentance prayer, I didn't feel hardly anything. Right. Except they said, oh, your countenance has completely changed. So went to bed. Well, I got up the next day, walked into my work and quit. And so everyone was shocked that I, oh, you're quitting? What? You know, what happened? So I went to church yesterday. They said, wow, it must have been a good service. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say it was horrible. You know, right. I just said, yeah, it was good. So that, so I didn't know how I was going to make a living and was totally trusting God. And so I immediately got two guys uh, to meet with me once a week. They came over maybe every Tuesday night or Monday night. And we just ate and talked, but it was really a place I was selfish because I needed some form of accountability. I wouldn't call it accountability, right? but I needed that. And, and were you going back to that church then on mm-hmm, Sundays? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Went back to the church. And was there life in it for you? or it, it There was, was. You know, I, I tell you what was uh, interesting is when I got back, I was shocked at um, everybody knew about God. It seemed like but they, they didn't know him. Right. So we would sing, because it was traditional church, they would sing out of the hymnal. Right. So it would be singing stuff, the choir would sing it. I'd watch the people in the choir, kind of, they knew all the songs by heart. So they were just kind of, you know, looking off up in space to the right or to the left or looking at for their kids. And I'm weeping going, oh my goodness, you have no idea what you're singing about. Or if you do, you've forgotten it. Wow. And so I just remember the Holy Spirit would touch me, you know, deeply. And uh, so for about, see, that was 87, for about a year, uh, did that. And um, actually, this little group, this these two guys, more people started coming. And so we would just kind of sit around in my living room and just talk about the Lord. And, and uh, <clears throat> basically, the young adults at that time, most of them in the church were just like I used to be, except they didn't go out to bars and stuff. But they, so they were, they were away on the inside, but their actions exactly didn't portray it. Exactly, I don't know what's worse. Yeah, I, it, I don't. I think it's the same. You know, yeah. I, I just chose to. Hey, if we're going to be black and white, I might as well. I'm, I'm black or what? Dark or you know whatever. So right. So I remember there's this one revival that happened, and me and those two guys, their name was Greg and Don prayed every night because the revival started on a Tuesday and went through Sunday. So every night afterwards, we'd stay behind at the church. We had a key, and we'd go up to the altar, and we'd pray. So I remember Saturday night, um, we were kind of prayed out. There's nothing else to pray. So we were just sitting there, and one of the guys opened up a hymnal. 
and just started reading the words of these hymns that we sing. And it was like, wow, I've never read it like that. I've always sung it, but I've never read it. And the Holy Spirit showed up. And and to this day, this has never happened since. But we all began to shake and tremble. And it was so uh, intimate that we didn't speak out loud. We all whispered. And but we were all visibly shaking, couldn't control it, and uh, I knew the next day something was going to happen. So I woke up Sunday morning. I'm like, "Oh man, this is going to be great!" And sure enough, it was that 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 entire youth group kind of came back to God. Wow! I, I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just we had just prayed, and I knew it was going to happen. So that's how our our uh, kind of group on Monday nights grew. Boom, instantly. We had like 11 or 12 people show up. So we all kind of did life together. And during that time, <clears throat> um, I had met Becky, and she came. She would start coming. And I didn't know this, but she had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that. So it was really interesting because we would all be sitting sitting around in the room talking about different stuff. When she would talk about the Lord, it was like we all just were just kind of drawn into it. And then once she would finish, no one had anything to comment on what she said because it was right. just it was out of our league. I mean, we didn't know, you know, I guess cognitively you would think, how does she know that? Or where did you get that? Or right. it was all the Holy Spirit. So let me keep going. Well, let me jump in for a second. Because you and I know what we mean by baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining there's people who are listening to this. That's an unfamiliar term for them. Mm-hmm. So help me explain. Like, So you and Becky are at the same Monday night group. You're mm-hmm. both Christians. You both mm-hmm. love the Lord. Yeah. Yet you're pointing to a difference in her that you yeah. didn't see in you. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about what that is. Um, or maybe tell your no, I think experience. That, yeah, no, no. Well, no, the difference was, because that's a great question. The difference was she was much more intimate, uh, personal uh, in her experience with the Lord. Right. She was, yeah, I think that was it. She was speaking from a personal experience, whereas we were too, but it wasn't, it wasn't as ongoing not ongoing is the wrong word. It wasn't as, um, yeah, it wasn't as intimate. It, you'd have thought that, you know, she just got, she just come from a meeting with him and, you know, was t- talking to us. Whereas we were going, wow, it's that whole thing of knowing about someone versus knowing someone. Right. So I, I, I say this all the time. So, you know, I was a big Michael Jordan basketball fan and uh, I knew all about Michael Jordan, his stats how tall he was, where he was from, what his favorite food was, that sort of stuff. But I never met, I never knew Michael Jordan. Right. And so something, she had something like that where it was so funny because every time she would speak, we'd have to change the subject because no one could comment on right. it because it was, you know. So, uh, but she, I tell you the thing that that drew me to Becky was she loved Jesus more than anything on the in the world more than anything and you could see it right so so i don't so tell me then what how, how did you because i know that i i know what happens next i know that yeah. you end up getting baptized by the right. holy spirit so talk us through that and then talk <clears throat> us by what what you well yeah tell us your experience of being baptized in the holy spirit so um for the the, uh, the group that we were in went on a retreat. I couldn't go because I had to work. So I was the only one that stayed back. And uh, Becky said to me, uh, she was, hey, I don't take you to this uh, Bible study over at this Episcopal church. Well, I'd never been in an Episcopal church. And so I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what that's going to be like, but I trust you. So we go. We, we weren't even dating. So we, right. I picked her up. and So we go in, and um, this lady's speaking. And I didn't know any of the songs. They all knew the songs. And it was this cool guy on the guitar. And so when this lady started speaking, I'm thinking, good grief, where is she getting this stuff? Like, what commentary is she reading? Because this is, I've never seen this before. Not knowing that, it was 
the the Holy Spirit that was telling her this. Right. So at the end, I don't remember what she spoke on. I just remember at the end, she invited people to come up that wanted prayer for healing. And I went, oh, oh my gosh, they're doing it. Right. They're and doing it's the not stuff. Weird. It's not weird. It's not the stuff on television or, you know, it's not, there's nothing weird about this. And I was just, I was fixated on people and how they were doing it. Then she said, I really feel like there's people here who have never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. I think that's the word, the wording that she used. So I turned to Becky. I said, what is that? And she was like, well, uh, it's uh, cause she knew all the buzzwords that we brought up. Right. That would trigger you. That would totally trigger us. Right. Like, tongues or whatever. So she was kind of dancing, but not, she wasn't being devious about it. But I remember saying, do you have it? And she said, I do. And I said, that's it. Right. Whatever that is, I am missing. So I went up front. And I think there, I was the very last one to leave the building. They prayed for me. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't anything demonstrative or anything, you know, it was just, they, they encouraged me to try to speak out, which I just got one word. And when I spoke that word, it was like liquid honey from the top of my head went all the way down. I felt it go all the way down to my feet and then back up. And I, Becky said, I had this big smile on my face. I think I said, wow, that was amazing. Wow, indeed. So we went out to eat. I still didn't know really what had happened to me. Uh, we had listened. She had brought a cassette tape. For those of that are listening, they might need to go Google what cassette tape is, I'm right. sure. But uh, listening to uh, this worship band, and before I received it, it was just good music. Afterwards, she said, why don't you keep this uh, when I dropped her off? I am weeping on the way home because my spirit is now worshiping with this right. group that I'd never worshiped, experienced that before. I was so elated, joyful. It's like I didn't want this experience to stop, so I stayed up as late as I could <laughs> you know, in my house and was trying to keep it going, and, and, and that's just when everything started. It, it is funny. If you think about our experience of church now mm. and our experiences, because we have a very similar mm-hmm. experience in churches, you know, I, I think it's so endearing that you try to stay up all night because you didn't know that presence is available all the time. Exactly. Like, I think the goodness of God is the best kept secret in the church. Yep. So, you know, I'm just amazed, you know, in my own experience, like I always wanted to hear the voice of God and there would be times when God would punctuate the silence of my life with him speaking, but it seemed haphazard, seemed outside of my control, seemed completely sovereign. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to make it happen. Only to learn years later that you can hear God as, you know, I hear God as often as I choose to listen for him. Right. And we can come into his presence anytime we want. Right. And weekly we're in this, I mean, amazing presence at Grace Center that previously I paid thousands of dollars to travel to the other side of the world to mm. experience. Mm. And it, it, it is amazing how you, you grow in your, I don't know if it's understanding of God's nature or understanding of how to cooperate with, with him. I don't know. I, I just, I, I have no idea. It, it it is amazing because I, as you were saying that I was thinking about uh, you know I said this a few weeks ago at church I'm I'm hearing things coming out of my mouth that back in the day when I was longing for this right it sounded like something that you'd read in the Bible right it seemed far fetched so we have friends now who have prayed for people that have been raised from the dead we've got we've got friends who have been raised from the dead right and it, I'm just I mean, how Boggle. bizarre is that? It's just bizarre. It's <laughs> totally bizarre. Do you remember the first time you heard a contemporary story of somebody being raised from the dead? I remember listening See, to who? a Heidi Bakey. Heidi Bakey. Heidi Bakey. It's Heidi Baker's uh, distant cousin. Now, I remember <laughs> listening to Heidi Baker talk about her encounter in Toronto, then going back and the transformation that happened and her, you know, witnessing people being raised from the dead. And I turned off the CD because. I don't have anywhere to put that. Oh, really? I wasn't calling her a liar, but I kind of was. I was just like, there's no way that, that's just absurd. That's just ridiculous. Like, literally, I had no grid for that. And now, like you say, we have friends who have raised people from the dead, and we have friends who have been raised from the dead. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. 
<laughs> so bizarre. bizarre. So bizarre. And then when I try to tell people, like if I were to go back to, or just talking to my parents or whatever, right. they have no grid for it. They can't. They don't know where to put like, it. No. There's no place to put it. They're just like, oh, isn't that interesting? And I'm thinking, what in the world? Did you just did you hear what I just said? Right. But then, but bless their hearts. I mean, they don't. They don't have a place to put it. So you know, um, I don't know if you want me to continue yeah, that go on. story. So, so, so when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had no idea that that there were uh, that the spiritual that the baptism of the Holy Spirit brought the spiritual world to life. Right. Stop right there for a second. Okay. Explain to people what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Oh, that's right. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's a great question, too, because people talk about, well, I'm, uh, is it the, you get the Holy Spirit? I thought you got the Holy Spirit when you were saved, which you right. do. I think it's in Acts chapter 19, I believe it is. Paul is talking to this group of people, and uh, he said, are you Basically, disciples of Jesus. Yes, yes. You know, what, which baptism did you, did you receive? What the baptism of John? So, so you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They said we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Right. So, it's, I think it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Right. So when I got saved, the Holy Spirit came in me, and, and right. Jesus demonstrated that with his disciples when he was raised from the dead, when he was resurrected. Yeah. And he he walked into this room and said, "Hey, you know, don't fear." And he just he breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit." Well, they did, right? And then he told them, "Don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise from on high," right? And so that was in the Book of Acts, as we know, Acts chapter two. They received the the the, the day of Pentecost, right? They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he said, "You will receive power once the Holy Spirit comes on you." And so, uh, why it happens like that, I have no idea, right? But it's a truth. That that happens, and so and it happened to me. So that's what happened to me. The Holy Spirit, right answer. Yeah, and so he. So I remember going back to the people in our church, and I said, "You are not going to believe what just happened to me." Surprise! It's the most <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to believe this. And I said, "I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit." And I remember I told my dad first because I thought he would be the most happy for me because. I mean, seriously, he had a really hard time when I was oh, in the five years of that. I'm trying to imagine being a parent oh, and watching he, your kid he, walk away. He caught me with drugs. He caught me with stuff and, you know, just broke his heart. I'm and sure. So I went to him, met him at work. He's working at the airport. And back then you could just walk in and not go through security. So um, told him that. <laughs> And his reaction was like his eyes rolled back into his head. I thought, is this, is he relieved? Is this a, is this a relief? Like, thank God. Cause he, he let out this big sigh. And then he said, I cannot believe you've done that. And I was like, what, what, what are you talking about? Oh, and he says, I cannot believe this. And I was like, uh, do you mean this bad or, and he meant it bad. And I said, Dad, it's not what you think. Right. It's the best thing. Right. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, and so, uh, so that was my first inclination that, you know, something might be wrong in paradise. <laughs> so, uh, so I, so I had, so when the, when the, the, the young adults came back from their retreat, we, we met on Monday night and I told them, guys, it is, it is not what you think. Right. It's the most amazing thing ever. And um, so we went to pray for a person, and uh, Becky got on one side, I got on the other side. I didn't know what to do. It's like, come Holy Spirit. So we prayed. He came. And uh, anyway, this guy manifested, So, uh, (laughs) which I didn't know anything about manifestations. Anyway, Anyway, the juxtaposition of all this was we were not received well, and that was one of the hardest things that we had to go through. Probably the next year uh we were not well received so were you ostracized or or uh yeah we were i mean eventually we were we were we were actually asked to leave the church uh but it came through a really uh cool um 
this thing happened. This lady started coming to our Bible study, and uh, we'd never seen her before. I'd never seen her in the church. We didn't have that big of a church, maybe 300 people. And um, she shows up one night, and we're talking, and she says, hey, uh, do you guys believe in deliverance? And, uh, you know, we were like, oh. You know, because that's another bad. That's another bad. It's like Ixnay on the Deliverance Day. You know, let's not. You know, <laughs> meet me over here. And in in, so we got to talking to her. She said, "Well, do you guys believe in deliverance?" We couldn't say openly. All of us did, but Becky and right. I did. We we're like, "Yeah, we do." She said, "Well, I need to be delivered." She said, "I'm a chain smoker, and I read this thing that that it's actually you can actually be delivered from that." So we said, "Oh, okay." So we set up a time. We didn't know what we were doing. We called, you know, these other people that were going to the church that we were attending at Belmont, and they had a deliverance ministry. And I said, Doug, what do we do? And he says, Well, you know, just have them forgive everyone that they can forgive, and then you just start casting that thing out in the name of Jesus. It has to leave. So we're like, Okay. <laughs> so, so deliverance one hundred and one. Yeah, totally. So we bring this lady into the church, and it was on a Thursday night, so there was no meetings, and. uh we did it. And so uh, I remember telling the Lord, I because we had been so kind of ostracized about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right. I wasn't going to bring it up. I said, Lord, if you want her to know that, you let me know. And so we pray for her and uh, bless her heart. You know, she At one point, she was just, I said, is anything happening? She said, well, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up. And I said, okay, well, that's good. And we just kept going. And anyway, so she got delivered. And she was sitting there kind of puzzled, kind of staring off into space. And I said, what are you thinking? She said, the word baptism keeps coming back to me. And I went, oh, my word. So we knew that was the Lord telling us. So we prayed for her to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we left. It was over. We left. Sunday, she shows up to us, walking towards us with her Bible open, with this look on her face like, "Do you?" pointing to her Bible, do you know that there's so much more that's in here? Then she pointed to the floor of the church. Then what's in here, meaning in the church? And it was like, you know, I've told you this before. It was like, best way I know to describe it was Helen Keller's teaching teacher getting a breakthrough with Helen going, oh, my right. gosh, she's finally getting it. You know? Right. So we're like, yes, we understand. We understand. So finally, you know, someone caught it. Right. And um, not only did she catch it, but she moved that following day to another state and lived with five people in a big house that were all chain smokers, and she never touched another cigarette. We're still in contact with her. She's never touched another cigarette. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. <clears throat> we have to wrap this up, but hold that thought for two seconds. We're going to get you to pray for people, for uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and for deliverance from cigarettes. Seriously, we're going to oh, do that okay. in a second. But I want to invite anybody who's in the Nashville area, October 23rd to 26th, we're having a phenomenal conference at Grace Center called Heaven Declares. We have R.T. Kendall, who's a Nazarene. Mm-hmm. Ex-Nazarene, sure Ex-Nazarene. Mm-hmm. Um, R.T. is just this amazing, amazing man of God. We love him to bits. He's a, a, a world-renowned theologian, an author of so many books, an, ex, an excellent teacher, and uh, he's going to be with us. And then John Paul Jackson and Bobby Connor, both widely regarded, highly regarded prophetic voices, are going to be uh, with us as well. Uh, if you go to heavendeclares.info, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, we'd love you to come. If you live outside of Nashville and there's no way you can come, we are going to be streaming it. We'll have information on how you can um, sign in and and watch the conference. We really encourage you to do that. But as we leave today, I want to thank Jeff for standing in for AJ. You make a great understudy for AJ. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to ask Jeff if you would pray for everybody who's listening for baptism in the Holy Spirit, for more of the Holy Spirit, and for um, deliverance from... Mm-hmm. Smoking. Yeah, I'll be Go happy to do that. So, if yeah, if you're one of those that's like, I, I want this, I'm going to ask that you, first of all, if there's any sin in your life that you're holding on to, that you kind of take that and trade that in to the Father. Say, Father, I'm willing to give this up in order to have more of you. Uh, and and do that. Just do that now. Just say, Father, you know, I repent of this and hand it over to him. So you don't want anything that's from the enemy's camp uh, to be in your possession. And so as you do that, and as you've done that, I'm going to pray for you. So Father, we just reach out right now to whomever's listening, and we just say, 
Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come upon this one right now? From the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, would you, Holy Spirit, would you just blow? And would you so pour out this seal of hope? Just bless you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just allow that to happen. If you want to say something, begin to respond, whatever it is, whatever you want to do. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that if we ask for bread, you're not going to give us a stone. So we just take time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. That's right. Just receive. Breathe him in. Let him give you a divine exchange. Life for heaviness. Thank you, Lord. And if you have an addiction, you're addicted to things, cigarettes, whatever, but I want to pray for you. Father, we just take authority over the spirit, over these spirits, in the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, we command you to leave. 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 Leave in the name of Jesus. You're not welcome here. Leave. At the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And I also want to encourage you that after this, that you ask the Lord, is there anyone that I need to forgive? And you write that person's name down and you release them, you forgive them. from any form of punishment that you think they deserve, that you'd release them. No more. We forgive them, Father, in the name of Jesus, like you've forgiven us. Amen.